So hello and welcome to Vista Talks, interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. I'm your host for today, Simon Hodgkins, and today we have an extra special episode. Vista Tech is celebrating 25 years in business, and to discuss this very topic, we're joined by what can only be described as a star-studded lineup. We have the Vista Tech Chief Executive Officer, Thomas Murray, who's joined by Patrick Kelly, our Chief Commercial Officer, Siobhan Gantley, CHRO, Unvilius, our CSO, Phil Ritchie, our CTO, Jerry Lane, our IT director around the world, and Adam Thompson, our chief financial officer. And last, but by no means least, Yvonne McNamara, who's our chief operating officer. So wow, fantastic. What a lineup of people to get together to celebrate 25 years in business. Thank you all very much for joining and you're all welcome to the show. So let's kick this off. I've got a lot to get through. We've got a lot of people here. So I want to make the most of it for our audience and our listeners. And maybe Tom, as the chief executive, I'm going to turn to you first. And I'm going to ask you, how does it feel to be 25 years in business this year? What changes have you seen as a chief executive from a company or a customer perspective? How's the landscape changed? What's the view from the top, Tom? Okay, well, I, I certainly hope we can live up to the billing uh, of your introduction, Simon. Thank you very much. Um, I think the first thing I would have to say is that um, it doesn't actually feel like 25 years. Um, I would say from a personal point of view, I've been very fortunate um, to work with a really great bunch of people over those years. And it certainly has made my experiences in Vistatech um, enormously positive and enjoyable. Um, I really do believe that, you know, the work environment should be positive, um, both professionally and personally. And certainly, I think coming to work every morning with a smile on your face is really important. And I think that's one of the, the, the really great things about uh, the people that I work with and the environment that they've helped to create at Vistatech. And that's something that I am actually very proud of. Um, what, what would I say has been the biggest change that I've seen over the years? That's quite a tough question, you know, particularly in the post-COVID environment. I think, you know, that certainly was, you know, a light switch moment for everybody and not just particularly our industry, but perhaps leaving that aside. Um, for me, um, we have a lot of experience amongst the people on this call, but personally, I would say the biggest change I have seen is all around content. Okay, and the power and the ubiquity of content, right? We are a very, very long way, you know, from hard copy user manuals and CDs, you know, which was really the bread and butter and, and the basis of our industry back in the day. But now, like, you know, the power and the, the sheer volume of content out there and what it can actually do, like it can influence global opinions and change global political positions. And that to me, that power of content and the ubiquity of it is really the, the, the most significant change across the world, I think, but particularly for our industry, because we are pivotal um, uh, in terms of global content and global content solutions. So I know that's quite a short um, kind of uh, point to make, but but to me, it is it is fundamental um, it, it, for our industry that change. It, it, it's quite um, uh, pivotal, really, how, how how powerful and how impactful content is, not just in a business sense, but also in a political and a social sense. So that, to me, you know, is is the change. Like when you think where we started, guys, you know, which is you know user manuals and whatever else. Now, where are we? You know, content can change. You know, it can change political minds across the globe. 
And that to me is, is, is just profound almost. And for us to be in the middle of that, you know, we're a very lucky group. So that to me, Simon, would be the, the most significant and profound change that I've witnessed, I'd say, in, in the 25 years at Vistatech. Well, thank you for kicking us off, uh, Tom. Yeah, I'd agree. I think the just the sheer volume we used to talk about, didn't we, the, the content explosion mm. uh, and the profound nature of how content has changed, whether it's the written word, audio, totally. or, video, or video. It's it's incredible. So thank you very much indeed, Tom, for those for those views. And of course, I've got to ask, and maybe Pat, I'll come to you on this one. Um, when you look back over 25 years, what are the memories from the early days of VistaTech? I mean, Tom was talking there about the profound change in sort of the type of work and what we're involved in and how lucky we are to be in the middle of that. But when you look back and you say you look at the journey so far, what are the, what are the memories that, that spring to mind? Yeah, I mean, uh, I suppose, you know, back in the 90s, Dublin was a kind of a hive of, of, of localization activity. Uh, many of the large multinationals had set up their localization departments in Dublin, um, you know, educated staff and all the rest of it. Um, uh, and as a result, a lot of service providers were there at the time as well. So if there was a kind of a great buzz in the industry around that time, you know, lots of different organizations. Uh, and we knew, we kind of knew everybody, you know, as well. So there was kind of that, 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 that competitive spirit as well and and just uh you know people moving from one to the other but i suppose over as it developed and matured um there was a lot of kind of m a that's that that kicked in at the time um you know a lot of providers were acquired certainly the the organization we were involved with at the time uh was one of those that was acquired and i think that's what generated uh the opportunity we kind of saw uh, a little, you know, niche, if you like, uh, to create something of our own. So we did that in 1997. That's where Vistatech uh, was born. So, so that was great. And uh, you know, there was a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, uh, enthusiasm. A lot of, you know, things were changing in the industry. Um, and you know, we were, I suppose, small compared to some of the other competitors. But you know, that might have seemed daunting at the time. But you know. A lot of clients were looking for a kind of an organization that was able to provide that kind of personal touch. And, you know, Vistech was able to kind of step into that niche. So that helped us grow very quickly. You know, we got some fantastic clients on board right away, like Canon, Lotus Developments, Visio. Some of these have been absorbed into other organizations since. But, um, you know, that allowed us to, to grow quickly um, around that time. And, you know, allowed us to kind of, I suppose, grow organically, you know, which has been the kind of key to development of, of this tech ever since. Um, now, of course, a lot of things have changed, you know, um, projects and Tom kind of alluded to their projects were huge back then and they'd gone for months, you know, and, uh, you know, there was, <laughs> there was no such thing as kind of a, an agile development environment, or at least it was at, at best, it was in its infancy at the time. Um, and tools, technologies, workflow systems, they were all kind of, you know, really in their infancies, in infancy at that stage. So, you know, things have changed dramatically since then on, on, that, on that front. Um, I suppose the one thing that's been consistent for us all the way through um, has been the management team. You know, while, you know, the industry has changed and, and, and this tech has evolved, you know, this, this team here that you see here has, has kind of stuck together uh all through that and yeah that's allowed i suppose that that strong consistent approach and presence and that stability i think has been has been vital uh for for, for Vistatech. um i suppose at the end of the day 
it's all about the people really isn't it i mean the people that have worked with us you know all through that time we've hired some fantastic resources some fantastic people who brought a lot of energy and enthusiasm you know new ideas and you know that's that's really where i suppose uh, this tech has gone and had, how they've helped shape this tech has been fantastic so yeah a lot of changes but a lot of things have stayed the same as well so that's allowed us to to to, to still be the competitive force and global organization that we are today thanks a million pat i couldn't agree more the um you know as a co-founder of the company obviously back in 1997 um it's, it's changed an awful lot uh, I, I assume over the years but yeah. you're right there's been consistency as well along the way and that organic growth that you mentioned continues uh, at a pace so you know Vistatech continues to grow organically and it's great to see that so thanks for sharing some of those memories pat but you've kind of you've kind of made me think about something else now because from those early days you mentioned setting up in dublin and that was a bit of a hive of activity and although Vistatech yeah. started small it's now become this global organization you know whether it's the global headquarters in, in Dublin, Ireland, as it remains today, or Mountain View, California, all, all, all our global hubs that are located around the world. And we have people working in many different geographies. But yeah. when it comes to hiring and growing, and maybe, maybe Siobhan, this is in your area from a HR perspective and a recruitment uh, perspective, but when it comes to hiring and growing teams over the last number of years in particular, I suppose, um, this has changed dramatically, I assume, from when Vistatech was was in its infancy. Yeah, look, in the early days, um, as you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the 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 teams really were in Ireland and US. They were our two main hubs, and look. That's where the talent was. I know Pat spoke about that. Um, you know, for the most part, um, you know, the customers were in the US and, you know, it, it, it worked and it, and it made sense. But fast forward to now and there's been a significant expansion in the number of locations that we operate. So we have people in 37 different countries um, across the the, the globe now and our fastest growing hubs would actually be Argentina, Spain, uh, Poland and India. So we're covering, um, we're, we're kind of growing across all the time zones. Um, but look, Ireland and the US are always going to be important because of our origins. But um, as we have grown and expanded our service offerings and just perfected uh, what it is we do. Um, global expansion has been key to this. Um, the other standout thing in terms of, of, of um, recruitment um, as well and how it's changed, it's gone completely virtual. Like, you know, the concept of us hiring somebody that nobody had met in person 20 years ago was just crazy. And now it's it's normal. It's completely normal. And I should add that was that was long before COVID as well. Um, and look, technology has obviously played a significant um, role in this. Um, but yeah, couldn't couldn't imagine it any other way now. Um, you know, one of the, I suppose, one of the things that hasn't changed, um, I think, over the last 25 years is, um, you know, we've always had this kind of high level of stability. And, and I know some of the others talked about it as well. But we've managed to keep some extraordinary talent, some extraordinary leaders. Um, and I'm often asked, you know, how do we do that? And I think, look, you know, Vistatech, um, 
you know, when you work here, there's this just genuine obsession with excellence in service delivery. And I think that's the reason the company was founded in the first place. I think it's what's driven our success, you know, and learning and growth is so fundamental to this ethos. And I think, you know, with this to tech, everyone has a voice, you know, our differences are respected and valued. And I think that's just been a really great foundation for what is a healthy workplace culture that we get to enjoy at Vista Tech. Um, I think the other reason we keep people um, uh, uh, is, you know, this notion that Vista Tech is a human company. We hear it quite often, actually. And and, um, I sometimes even find it hard to verbalize what that actually means. What What is a, a, a human company? And somebody described it to me before. It's just like Vistatech has a heart. It's a company with a heart. And ultimately you're seen as a person first, you know, and an employee secondary. And I think that respect that people are shown has just returned so much loyalty, so much trust, so much, you know, dedication, just incredible engagement at all levels. Um, and it's really quite a simple formula, really, isn't it? We just kind of trick people well. But but yeah, so so many things have changed. And then in many ways, you know, so many things are the same. And, and, and we've remained true, I think, to, to the original values. Thanks. Thank you very much, Siobhan. The, the, the word that came through to me there was consistency. And a few others spoke about consistency. And that seems to be a theme that, that's running through some of the, the traits. And today, lots of organizations talk about attracting talent, don't they? Talent attraction. Whereas you've touched on something which is equally and probably more important, it's talent retention. And a lot of the skill sets and the people and the qualities that stay with Vista Tech and I think that helps, doesn't it, in that, that quality that you're describing, Siobhan, one of those sort of fundamental uh, core building blocks that the company has. It's about the people. I think Pat said that earlier. It's about the people, and we have some of the best in the industry. So thanks for, thanks for giving us an insight into that. And I want to I move the conversation on a little bit because we're all talking about our qualities and consistencies and but we, we've also touched on customers a little bit pat you were talking a little bit about some of our early customers and we we have some of the world's biggest and well-known best brands that work with VistaTech. and it's great that we have on with us on on is the chief sales officer who manages and looks after both new new business and you know growing existing customers around the world and now i suppose that we're in the 25th year of vista tech and i suppose the key question i'd, I'd want to put to you is is what makes what makes vista tech what makes companies still choose vista tech why do we see more and more of these brands coming to vista tech 25 years on because it seems to be uh, a continuing trend that we work with the world's largest and best companies. So, you know, from a sales perspective, from a, an operating around the world perspective, what makes us that partner of choice? And what's your view on that 25 years into this business? Big question, Simon. Um, I would refer back to something that Tom says quite often, which is our really comes down to our ability to execute. And we are a custom shop, um, and I think that comes through. So when we set up our solutions with, you know, with, with new customers, it is very clear to them that we have this deep expertise and knowledge to build programs that really integrates with how our customers are working. 
So rather than saying, okay, bang, 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 okay, you're going to do it this way because this is the way this tech always works, we're going to look at what it is the customers need and adapt a solution that fits into that ecosystem. What that does is it provides solutions that tend to be quite sticky, as we like to say in sales, uh, because we become an extension of our customers' teams and we grow and develop with them. Uh, now, that is a very powerful, the, the, the businesses that we are working with and the, and the customers we have and have had for many years serve as an amazing base of referrals for us, and that is the best and most cost-effective way to win your business that you can have. But of course, not everyone hears, you know, not everyone hears about us consistently. So we also need a, we, I think we keep a fairly slim, but very stable sales team. It sort of harkens back to what Yvonne was saying that we, you know, we recruit talent and we, and we grow it and we keep with it. And that in itself, is a great testament to the company. And of course, you know, with the help from your cracking marketing team, Simon, uh, when it comes to things like thought leadership, events like the Think Global Forum or all things global and others that put us out there as people who have ways to, I suppose, support our community, making sure that people who, the people who work with us find, find us helpful outside maybe the pure business aspects of what we do every day. You know, we have ideas we know a lot from having worked with so many different companies that can help them in their environment. So sharing that wisdom, <laughs> maybe for lack of a better word, across the board uh, is, is important. So we, you know, we build a community of around, of course, our own people, but also our customers, their stakeholders, and, and so on. And that really is a virtuous circle that helps us keep our customers, of course, and keep those relationship. uh, relationships. We don't even talk about uh, how long customers stay with us. We like to think of it as an infinity symbol, you know, because that's really how we want to build our build our uh, our customer relationships. Yeah, thanks, Anne. I, I think that long-term partnership approach really does sort of ring true. Yeah. Um, and of course, having stable teams helps in that environment. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, I suppose you mentioned something which I'm going to pick Phil upon if I can, Phil, I'm going to come to you in a moment, because you talked about the customization of solutions for customers. And I know we have internal teams and, you know, we do software development and bespoke solutions for clients. And maybe Phil, if I can come to you on, on this topic that Un's raised, because as we see global revenues, you know, thankfully continuing to grow. And Tom touched on earlier that the, 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 um, the requirement for, con for content continues, you know, um, but we've got to help customers to engage with their target market audiences. And, and they're looking more and more global more than ever before in, I think, at any moment in time in history. And so when it comes to building bespoke solutions uh, for our customers, a large part of what makes VistaTech unique seems to be our ability, our ability to be able to become bespoke. And Phil, maybe from your perspective, how has that changed over the years? How do you see that bespoke part of what we do playing a, playing a role these days, you know, 25 years on, I suppose? Yeah, well, technology these days uh, feels a bit like the Irish weather. You just have to wait an hour and everything changes. So it's pretty difficult to uh, to keep up. And we constantly 
have to, you know, keep our team uh, upskilled with the, with the latest uh, methodologies. Um, I, I mean, our in-house team of eight people hasn't grown significantly over the number of years, but I can certainly say that our level of innovation has, um, you know, we, we still act as a company-wide shared resource, but by carefully managing, uh, we have a, an agile methodology and by carefully managing the sprint cycles, uh, we can really deliver value to our internal customers on a, on a daily basis. Um, and and I, I, I can say that with a level of confidence because we have uh, developed our own kind of innovation taxonomy and we measure ourselves against that. So we know each month uh, the level of innovation that we've delivered to our, our customers. So uh, that's, that's really good. Um, I mean, in terms of the way that we build products, uh, these days they're all obviously cloud native. Uh, so we have all the, the, the nice associated benefits of scalability and resilience. But the applications themselves are really ubiquitous and highly connected. Um, so all of our stakeholders, whether you be a customer or a translation partner or an internal person, um, you know, everybody is looking at the same data <clears throat> uh, in real time. And we, we not only consume data in a kind of a passive sense in that we, we look things up and we, we, we display them to people, but we also actively uh, update systems outside of our space as well. So we can actually influence what happens in the process through, through our tools. Um, uh, in, in, uh, in the way that we develop these products, that's, that's been revolutionized as well. Uh, we also uh, host all of our code in the cloud these days. So we're able to, um, as a team, build and release products, you know, multiple days if we want to, at multiple times per day if we want to, uh, which, you know, is, is huge in terms of an end user. Uh, if you have a request and you need something urgently, you know, we can turn things around very, very quickly. Um, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah, the, 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 the thing you mentioned there about uh, being a, a bespoke uh, shop, or we, we always say that we're technology agnostic. Um, we, we get asked about that a lot of times because people say, well, you're building big systems, surely you want those to be generic and then everything you know happens in the same way for each customer. But um, I think we've found over the years that in, in terms of the 80-20 rule, that the real customer value add is actually in the 20%. You know, you, everybody can build a system which has 80% of common features, but um, that 20% that can really differentiate you from other people. Um, and we've been able to build systems which uh, focus on the you know, customer proprietary procedural and programmatic practices and, and take all of that, if you like, uh, administration headache away from our operational teams. So we, our, our systems handle, you know, finances, resource assignment, capacity planning, query management, business intelligence. And, and that really leaves our operational teams free 
to do all of the human proactive stuff like monitoring the programs, exception handling, and, and really, you know, developing the programs with our customers because they have time to sit down and not only understand what the customer is saying, but 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 be proactive and in, uh, in in terms of what we think the program, you know, the next step for the program is. And I think that's really contributed to our ability to uh, you know have have brands big brands with us thank you phil um it ties it nicely together because siobhan was talking a lot about us being a real human brand you know uh, or a human company uh, uh, and you know how we describe that and Owen was talking about that technology agnosticism you know that we provide those custom solutions so it's good to see how so that you have that um, very agile way of working that you can release, I was going to say at will, but you, you know, you can, you can set things up and if customers have immediate requirements, you can act in real time from what, from the way that you've got this business set up with metrics, et cetera. So thanks for sharing that. And while we're talking about tools and technology, I have to go to somebody who's been with the company since the very beginning um, Jerry Lane, the global IT director for the company who has helped us to expand internationally when it comes to our, our own infrastructure uh, as well. So I suppose as we continue to expand, Jerry, and as we use the latest tools and platforms, Phil talked about the, the cloud there a little bit, but it's quite complex, I would imagine, to manage that global community now compared to 25 years ago. Siobhan was mentioning all the other countries that we have we're probably growing faster in now than say the traditional Ireland, USA. We've got now people all over the world. Um, so how, how are you approaching this complex task, Jerry? I'm sure you've seen some changes. Yeah, seen lots of changes over the years on, on users, where they're based and how they work. Um, I suppose in Vistatech, from day one, we always had a diverse workforce. We weren't always based in the office. We've always had people outside of the office needing access. So anything we do, it's just there, we do it. It's part of our DNA. Um, I think going back to some of the points the guys made, if I could sum it up at a very, pushing the technical details down, our infrastructure is built on three things. I think scalability, flexibility, and security. Um, scalability in terms of we can scale up, we can scale down, we can scale out. Um, for example, a moment we're scaling out down in the data center, scaling up in the cloud as our infrastructure evolves. Flexibility in terms of delivering the custom solutions to clients and that kind of stuff. We learned that pretty early on that we need to be flexible to be able to do that. So a lot of our network, our setup is fairly agile to accommodate that. It needs to be. Um, and that was an early lesson we learned. And I think today, security is important security wraps around everything it's kind of omnipresent but it means we stay in business it means we secure what the workers are doing it means we secure the data it means we can carry on and do everything we need to to do um like security just on that for a moment is interesting in, in the sense that going back to when we started you had a username and a password and that's all you logged in you're in that's it Whereas now you log in with a username and password, uh, just to make sure it's you, we're going to send a code to your phone um, and you respond. Then you get in. What you do inside the systems is now monitored as well. So we see where you go and what you go and do. And, oh, you're going there. That generates an alert. And all that kind of stuff 
it's a huge amount of data that's floating around. Um, it's gone. It's continuous. Um, but a big part of all that is, I think, the cloud infrastructure now facilitates a lot of remote usage. If the internet had not involved like it has, we would see a lot less of it, or it would be a lot more cumbersome. Whereas now, cloud and mobile technologies, and I'll have to include mobile as well, because people now access data from multiple devices. Um, and that's a challenge. I think it's going to to a point where data is in the cloud. It's accessible 24 by 7 from multiple devices by users. Um, and you just have to go with that and make sure we manage and secure it. And we do. It's a challenge. Um, so it is. But like that's what we do. I think I probably undersell the guys that, that do for me. We just get on with it. Um, there's a lot of security. There's a lot of, of, of donkey working, auditing stuff and looking and planning and that kind of stuff. Um, but the tools are there to facilitate it now. The tools are getting easier to make access available to people and then to make sure they're doing what they're meant to be doing with us. You know? Well, thanks, Jerry. And you've took, I love the scalability, flexibility, and security as sort of the three tenants that you're working to, because I think that it encapsulates it all. And you mentioned being agile, and that theme has came up a lot as well. We've talked a lot about consistency, and agility seems to come through in all of our departments. And of course, I can remember the server rooms with the racks and everything, and now it's all cloud infrastructure and having to move everything out to cloud infrastructure. Uh, and you're right, actually, I'd forgotten that, that you know, I suppose 25 years ago, it, it was never a, a centralized work team. It was always around the world. So I suppose we're, we're kind of fortunate in that because when things like a pandemic come along for a couple of years, we've kind of got a lot of years experience built up at working mm. remotely. So uh, yeah, no, thanks very much indeed for sharing that, Jerry. That's great. And I suppose talking about the history and how things change, Maybe we move it on a little bit to finances and we talk a little bit about we go through boom and bust cycles. And I'm sure we've seen a lot of those over a 25 year period. And uh, we continue to have global challenges today, don't we, uh, around the world, whether it's pandemics or whether it's um, other political tensions that we see and lots of things happening all the time. And the news cycle seems to be relentless. But when it comes to the financial backdrop, that seems to continue to change too. So what impact has this had on the business? Are there opportunities? And you know, how do we view that even in challenging times? So uh, Adam Thompson, the, the CFO, you're probably best positioned to answer that. Uh, what would be your views on that? Well, nice question, son, nice question. Um, well, nobody obviously can predict the future, you know, and. Uh... As a business, we have to remain. I've noticed the word coming up a few times in our various people speaking this morning. We have to be agile and alert to what's happening both locally and internationally. You know, we've gone through a time of great change and naturally that's going to continue. We can't just see the future, simple as. From a finance perspective, there's always been changes and adjustments happening. And as Visitech is a global organization, the impacts around the world are sometimes in sync and sometimes specific to a certain area country so or time so again agile alert and proactive are the three key words i keep hearing national local governments and legal changes can require changes in operating in many global markets and currencies and often this gives this today you know 
ahead of the game that where we can be proactive and learn from that and maybe introduce it in different uh, e economies, which is very important. I think, you know, we're very strong, very strong financially. We're very proactive. I think of certain things that we've done over the 10 years that I've been from a total paper involved company to totally paperless. You know, we, you need an extra building just to file the old paper that we used to have. So little things, it's just changing, evolving all the time. But we have to be agile, we have to be alert, and we definitely have to be proactive. And I think we have a very good team in place and look forward to the next 25 years of that. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, you're right. It's constantly changing and uh, it isn't the same in, in various parts of the world, right? The laws are yeah. different. The regulations are different. The financial uh, reporting is different. And, you know, even just paying people around the world is quite complex. So, it sure is. It sure uh, is. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Thanks very mm -hmm. much. And look, when we're talking about operations globally, um, we have Yvonne McNamara with us. And Yvonne, I have a, I have a question for you. Um, and really, as uh, I suppose we could, could be quite bold in saying that um, Vistatex is probably one of, one of the most admired companies within this industry. And I, I sort of paused before I said that because, you know, it, it is a little bit self-serving, but a lot of companies would come to us when they've got really tricky problems or they can't get a solution somewhere else in the industry. And there's kind of a, a quality mark and people come to us to, with really tricky problems and, and looking for answers and solutions when it comes to language localization and linguistic expertise. But we've got people working, as we mentioned, around the world, and we've got this linguistic talent pool of, I think it's about 10,000 people now built up over the 25 uh, years or so. And these are linguistic experts, they're global partners, um, and could you maybe share a little bit of insight into how we manage that to, to deliver those world-class sort of experiences for our customers? Because you're managing a very large part of the organization across the world with external uh, resources, partners and, and experts. Okay, thanks, Simon. Another big question. <laughs> um, so to provide a world-class experience for our global customers, um, well, if I look at some of the key parts, um, obviously it's a, it's a big question, there's a lot involved, so I'll, I'll just maybe touch on a few points here. Um, understanding the customer requirements. I know Un kind of mentioned that as well, so she did. Uh, the global talent is another big part to play in it, so it has. And the programme plan, um, how, how we do it all. Okay, so firstly, we need to make sure we're understanding what our customers want. You know, what's important to them? What are their goals and what success looks like for them? Because they're not all the same, so they're not. Um, and we need this information as early as possible to ensure we are aligned with those customer expectations. Um, we analyze the findings of that type of discovery and then we build a bespoke program, um, which, is, which is key, so it is. Um, all our programs are managed by dedicated program managers with global teams. It's, it's all global. It has to be. Um, program teams typically consist of linguistic talent and language professionals that have been built up over the last 25 years. So they have uh, quality and supply chain teams to source and onboard and support all those resources as well, because that's important. It's, it's the whole nurturing of, of the people and the program that makes it so special as well. 
technical experts from across all areas of the business. Uh, you know, it could be multimedia, it could be workflow, DTP, depending on the makeup of the program. We just make sure we have the right technical experts available. Um, the teamwork, again, is just key. So it is the support and the collaboration that we see between team members and individuals across the globe. Um, it's, it's very, very impressive. And it makes the operations run smoothly, you know, and I suppose a happy place as well, because everyone knows that there's someone there to support them at all times, no matter how difficult it gets. Um, programs like they do continue to evolve. That's what we want is the, the need to evolve, you know, so we can never sit still. We're always looking for improvements and enhancements, new tools, new opportunities, efficiencies, you know, together we find the best solutions to bring to our customers. You know, we, we are looking out for them there, so we are. You know, then if we move on to the, the, the plan that goes with it, um, there obviously has to be a, a, a solid plan and we have that. Um, so we have a solid base plan that we would use for all our programs. We know it works, so we continue to use it. And again, this plan has been something that's been refined over the last 25 years, and it'll continue to be refined and adapted in the years to come. Um, it's like a Vistec recipe, so it is. We customize the recipe for the perfect customer taste and then scale it accordingly, and ultimately to provide a world-class global customer experience. So that's, that's how I would describe it. Listen, that's wonderful. I love the Vistatech recipe, Yvonne. Thanks very much indeed. And it sounds like there's this really solid plan that's been built up over many years with lots of experience. But you also mentioned a term there. You were talking about bespoke programs. And we've heard about bespoke solutions and tailoring things and customizing things. But that even goes through to the program itself. So even though you've got this strong foundational program that you know works, you also have that bespoke tailoring that's unique to each client because you want to deliver that world-class mm -hmm. service. So uh, yes, I I, uh, I I love the VistaTech recipe. Thanks a lot <laughs> for sharing that. That's wonderful. Um, so look, we, we've spent a lot of time. It's been wonderful to have you all here together collectively celebrating 25 years of VistaTech. And I, before we wrap up today, because we're really up against it time-wise, and before we end this episode, I want to just give you an opportunity, maybe as a last question today, and I'll open it up to it to anybody that wants to answer it, but what does the future hold? You know, what does it look like? What are you most looking forward to as we go forward from here? Would anybody like to comment on that? Look, I think for me, you know, it's... I, it may sound trite to say, you know, more of the same, but, you know, the, one of the fundamental strengths of VistaTech, I think, is our commitment to value all the stakeholders in the process, be it the team members, the customers, whoever, you know, we have to have respect and genuine commitment. And I think that's really important. And as a group that run the business, I think we all genuinely and truly believe that. And that is, you know, one of the foundations of the success of the business. So going forward, that is in our DNA and that should not and will not change. And it is, you know, fundamentally important to us. Um, I think perhaps one of the things that has changed over the years and that is, has been, uh, is increasingly a strength for us as a group and as an organization is our willingness to embrace change and change in every, every respect 
you know, you can look at change as a threat or an opportunity or something to be frightened of or something to run towards. And, you know, in the earlier days, perhaps, you know, even personally, I would say, you know, change can be a little bit scary. But as an organization, now, I think we all look at change as a way for something to for things to improve positively. So I think those two key things in terms of value and respect and our attitude um, and our appetite for change, I think, will remain very strong within the organization. And I think they will drive us on and remain and continue to underpin the success of the business. So that's for me, that's what I see in the future anyway. Thanks, Tom. Anybody else have any views? Uh, I was going to say, well, of course, being me, I would like some more hot spice <laughs> in the Vistatec recipe. Uh, but to be serious about it, this content will continue to grow unabated. I think there is no doubt about that. And that will, by necessity, bring more automation. Um, Phil will be kept busy, as will everyone else. But what it also does is it brings in more automation around language provision itself in terms of machine translation and ways to do more with, with the same. But it also, I think, moves our, our company and our industry into very interesting areas that there is now been money freed up to provide content that is probably even more specialized, even more high level, um, original writing, advertising in those areas, and, and of course, media services that are just exploding as a means to communicate. So I think there are very interesting times ahead in terms of really high value services that we are well positioned and are already providing. Thanks, Owen. That's a great point, too. I think that a lot of businesses really now appreciate the value of good content, don't they? And making sure that it that it lands with their intended audiences. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Anybody else as we look forward from here? Oh, I mean, again, I would echo with what, what Tom Lohner is saying. I mean, you know, we've changed hugely over the last 25 years, you know, uh, and, and we've had to, and the industry has as well, and that's going to continue to change. You know, things are going to continue to evolve, technologies, content, all of the things we've touched on over the last 45 minutes or so. So I think we've proven that we can embrace that and we can, we can uh, you know, be a part of that and we can be a thought leader in that, in those areas. So I think... Certainly, uh, we've nothing to fear in terms of how the industry will progress and and what's next. So, you know, we're looking forward to the challenge. Thank you, Pat. I think that's a, that's a great one to end on. And yeah, I think the, um, you know, what maybe by some uh, very early on, many, many moons ago was seen as cost to the business or a cost center. It's now the, the work that, that is done by Vistatech and others is seen very much as a revenue driver and a real critical part of growing their businesses successfully and profitably. So that's great. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. We're going to have to bring this episode to an end, although I know we could we could talk about these things for a long time. That's really the end of today's show. And I really want to thank uh, Tom Murray, Pat Kelly, Siobhan Gantley, Unvilius, Phil Ritchie, Jerry Lane, Adam Thompson and Yvonne McNamara for joining us today for this extra special 25-year Vista Tech Vista Talks episode. Please make sure to tune in again, uh, where once again we hope to be talking to some more interesting people on interesting topics from all around the world. So thank you, everybody. We appreciate you joining us today. Thank you.